I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. I'm joined by the lovely Dale Pinnock, a.k.a. The Medicinal Chef. Um, Just before we ended part one, um, we were talking a lot about your sort of journey with health and everything. And I, it got us thinking, you know, like, ah, I, I would definitely describe myself as an emotional eater and an emotional drinker, actually, if we're calling a spade a spade. Um, um, also quite addictive and blah, blah, blah. And I've had loads of like highs and lows, I suppose, where, um, with me in, in a complicated relationship with food, actually, if the truth be told, mate. Um, and of course, mine mostly have all played out in front of everybody. So I'm not telling I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. Um, but it, as I've got older, I've sort of become a li- little bit kinder to myself. You know, I used to deprive myself. I used to think that if I wanted to look the way I wanted to look, you know, again, I had very vapid reasons. My wise, my wise weren't strong. I wanted fit fellas to fanciers and I wanted to look really good in my bikini selfies that I posted on Instagram so shit wise basically um but yeah like and and subsequently like I punished myself you know I weaponized exercise I had disordered eating used to eat as little as we got all that sort of stuff and then something just clicked as I got a little bit older you know none of it like it didn't matter how small I got deal it it didn't bring us happiness at all. And actually the, the opposite side of that, you know, when I, when I threw caution to the wind and thought, fuck this, I'm, I'm sick. I miss takeaways and I, I miss chocolate and I even just basic things. Like I probably missed bread, mate. I was, mm-hmm. I had a terribly, um, terribly restricted diet at one point. So yeah. So I, I and then I'd go, of course, the other way, which was I'd balloon a bit, which wasn't good for me, mental health or me physical. Um, but I got to sort of around, I'd say like 31, 32. And um, I, a couple of things happened. Like I lost me best mate, similar to your story, you know, I lost me grandma and I had like this really horrible breakup. And this is probably just before we met actually, mate. Um, And all of this was going on and I just kind of didn't have the energy to punish myself anymore. Like I, I just kind of realized there was like more important things going on. Um, and I suppose because I was focusing so much on just not having like a fucking breakdown, like I was focusing less on what I was putting in my mouth all the time, which is how I'd always lived my life, you know, 
constantly watching calories and sugar contents and macros and all that. So I think that was a real sort of shifting point, you know, it was pivotal. And then I kind of just became less bothered, I suppose. I was more like, oh, I, I want to enjoy my life. And yes, I want to look good and, I, and all the rest of it, but actually I want to feel good. So I knew that that wasn't no sugar, no alcohol, no cheese of any kind, but I also knew it wasn't too much of that stuff and no movement. So I just found this really balanced point. And I know like, and again, like it was really interesting to watch, like me whys are so different now, dear. Like it's more, I want to live a lovely long life. And like, I want to be the best mom to Max and Milo that I can. So I know I've got to be fit to get them out and walk and stuff. It, it, it really, it, that those moments changed my life. And what I wanted to ask is if you think it's more of an age thing, if unfortunately, you know, your 20s tend to be littered with these kind of disordered eating moments and destructive habits and whatever, because you're finding yourself. Or if you think it's, proper societal change because I have noticed a real shift like I feel like younger people aren't falling out of nightclubs as much anymore they're going to yoga retreats and I just don't, <laughs> you know it, it and not that I'm saying either either which side of that is better I'm just saying there's definitely been a shift hasn't there what do you think wow there's, there's lots of there. I'm really sorry there, well, no, there, there is but also I think I think a lot of it can be condensed down to one thing and it's something it's it's a certain rite of passage that unfortunately every single human has to go through. And I don't know have you ever read The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho? No, I haven't. That sounds far too fucking highbrow for me, Neil. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a beautiful book and it's it's um it's basically about this young shepherd boy and he keeps dreaming of a treasure that he's going to find in some far off place. And it basically just documents his journey going all around the world, doing all sorts of different things. And he keeps dreaming of this treasure and he keeps feeling like it's just one step away from finding it. And then eventually he goes back to his original home and the original tree where he always used to sit as a boy and digs there and finds the treasure that he's always dreamed of. It's illustrating the fact that throughout our lives, at certain points in our life, we feel we're going to find happiness in some external place, whether that means um, the adoration of followers, whether that means um, people viewing you physically in a certain way, whether that means, you know, looking good in that bikini shot, whether that means for me, like when I, when I was at school, I was always one of those kids that just didn't quite fit into any kind of group or category. And, and everyone always used to take the piss and, you know, used to, get bullied in different things so I, I always want I, for me I always wanted to have that way of turning around and saying to the world yeah yeah fuck you say I can I can be something I can be worth something worth something and for me it was achievement you know yeah. like and, and making money and doing all that kind of stuff and I started doing that to a, path, like a pathological level and having an attachment to that and then I got to like my mid-30s and realized I'd done all these things you know I was able to do all these wonderful things like go and travel to amazing places and make sure I only turn left whenever I travel there and all this kind of stuff that I thought was going to be the answer to everything. <laughs> and, I just, and, I sat, and I sat there feeling fucking miserable, realizing how empty I was inside and what an absolute shell I was. And then all of those things, like you mentioned, happened to me. Bang, hit me like a, you know, like a car accident. 
the loss of the friend, the loss of my dad, and you know things like like that that kind of suddenly make you realize the absolute value in the real things that are worth living for, those real connections, those real moments. I mean, there's another great book, uh, Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. And he talks about like, the, he has a team. that one. Yeah, so they made, a, they made a film of it as well, actually, The Peaceful Warrior. And he, he meets this, this guy who's like a very wise old guy in like a, a petrol station and nicknames him Socrates. <clears throat> and one of the things Socrates always teaches him, he keeps telling him to look around. And after... After weeks and weeks of this guy just telling him to always look around and always asking him what's going on, and the you know the main protagonist of this book is like, there's nothing going on. Like, we're sat in the middle of nowhere, and the teaching was there's never there's never nothing going on. If you look, there's so many perfectly orchestrated, beautiful moments in every single second that we have, and that's why being present in that in that moment is one of the most incredible, liberating, wonderful gifts that you can give yourself. And you start to realize the things that are really important. Age has a lot to do with it. Some people learn those lessons in their 20s. Some people learn those lessons in their 70s. It's just your path is your path. But it is that rite of passage. Getting back to the, the original question, it's that rite of passage that every human being has. We externalize like the, the happiness, the treasure. We think that how many people do you know that like, I'll be happy when, you know, yeah. I'll, be ha- I'll be happy when I can buy a house. I'll be happy when I get a better job. I'll be happy when I've got a partner. I'll be happy when I'm married or I'm a parent or whatever. How many people say I'm happy here and I'm now happy. in this moment because I'm, because I'm here and because mm-hmm. it's now. And that's the thing. And it's, it's only when you see that. And, and again, you know, with that, there is a lot of pain involved in that. And it's realizing what's the other side of that, you know, and I think it's only once you are able to make those realizations and able to understand those things, the the dial does shift dramatically. Suddenly the, the things that you want change dramatically. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 now. Do you think I give a monkeys about having a six pack? That ain't going to happen. That, that just isn't going to happen unless, you know, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I really, really couldn't, couldn't give two hoots anymore. For me, it's about like, am I going to see 70? Yeah, that's what, and that's the shift that occurs, yeah, I think. Yeah. Sort of, we go from definitely, at least I did, having a sort of more, a very vain and vapid and quite superficial reason to, to, to value health and wellness and all the rest of it mm-hmm. in having big important ones yeah. and I don't know I I kind of feel like that shift allowed me to be so much kinder to myself and actually so much more focused on doing things yeah. in like a really healthy nice yeah. way rather than fuck I'm just gonna wallop all these fat burners and drink protein shakes today and that's what matters yeah the thing. And once you see what matters it's like oh this is actually really simple yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it, you can you can just breathe easily. It's like and, you, you know that oh. weight that weight on your chest just just melts away, and you're like, actually, all of this is so simple and so beautiful and so like profoundly makes sense when all of that nonsense disappears. Do you know as well? I think it's really interesting to point out. I always believed, and like this is how I used to simplify it in my head back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always just a case of, oh, weight management is calories in versus calories out. And I thought it was that straightforward. I was like, mm. I'm, going to eat, 
I know. And I honestly just believed, oh, if I'm going to eat this X, Y, and Z, then I'm going to have to do X, Y, and Z to work it off. But you think this is the most like problematic narrative within that space, don't you? I do. Well, because I mean, what I would say, I would say the, the statement that's true is when you lose weight, you use more calories than you store. That is a very different statement to, oh, to lose weight, you just need to eat less and move more. I mean, that in itself like, is quite a ridiculous statement. Um, all the things are, all, it's, all, all, it's, all about, it's all about calories in, calories out. And it's like, well, no, we aren't a combustion engine. We're a biological system that, you know, absorbs, metabolizes, excretes is controlled by hormones, actually can make preferential choices about what's going on within itself in order to sustain health. <clears throat> so, yeah, of course, if you're in like about a, a 5,000 calorie excess every day, there's going to be an issue. Yeah. But it's got more to do with the quality of the fuel that you put inside of yourself because when the fuel is of a higher quality, your body will respond to it. In a very, I mean, it depends how, if you want to go right down the, the nutritional biochemical rabbit hole, we can do, but your body will just basically respond in a different way. So let's use, okay, let's use the the um, idea of like excessive glucose, okay? And this is kind of what has set the stage for things like the keto diet and things like that. The science, the, the argument is quite solid, but the... The practice that some people preach isn't necessarily that healthy, but I'll tell, I'll tell you what the best sustainable way is in a minute. But <clears throat> one of the problems that we have in our in, in our modern diet is the macronutrient composition has shifted dra- drastically. When in the late 70s and early 80s, we were given that message to avoid saturated fat like it was the devil and instead build our diet around starchy, starchy foods because that was going to be heart healthy. That's what basically fueled the flame of obesity, type 2 diabetes, some of these degenerative issues that are everywhere today. We started eating far too many refined carbohydrates, okay? Mm. Which have now, of course, everyone kind of views as the devil, right? Yeah, I mean, they've got the other end of the spectrum. We just cut them out completely. Yeah, yeah, try that for a couple of years straight. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, your thyroid will be knackered, your cortisol will be through the roof, and you'll be pretty battered. But the thing is, a lot of these refined carbohydrates have dominated our diet. There's so many people that would start the day with like a bowl of cereal and a slice of toast, and then maybe a sandwich and a packet of crisps for lunch, and then maybe like massive great bowl of rice or pasta or something in the evening. Absolutely nothing wrong with any of those foods whatsoever. I'm not demonizing the individual food, but the pattern of consumption is the problem. When you're consuming mm. that many fast-release carbohydrates, <clears throat> such as the white bread, white rice, white pasta, that kind of stuff, because there's not much fiber there, they will liberate their glucose very rapidly. That means that sends our blood sugar up very high, very quickly. The body responds to elevated blood sugar by releasing the hormone insulin. Insulin binds to an insulin receptor of our cells and opens a little doorway in the cell called a glucose transporter. And that allows, allows the cell to take in some of this excess glucose. Because remember, blood glucose can't go too high, can't go too low. It needs to stay within parameters all the time. So that extra insulin tells the cell to take in the additional that it can use to make ATP, which is the energy that we actually run off. All good. <clears throat> the problem is how much glucose is present in one particular sitting because cells can only take in so much. They actually shut the doors when they know that they've got 
the maximum amount that they can handle because too yeah. much glucose in a cell can start to damage DNA and cause very significant damage to the cell. So when the cell's full, it shuts the door. No if room at the inn. Exactly. If at that point blood glu- glucose is still high, still above the, the maximal level, the next thing that the body does is quickly convert some of it into a storage form called glycogen, which we store within our skeletal muscles and within the liver. If after the glycogen stores have been replenished, the glucose is still high, we've got a potentially life-threatening problem. And this is the point where it's the actual quality of the fuel that determines some of the things that go on. Because that elevated blood glucose has the potential to be life-threatening, because the normal ways in which the body uses to get rid of it have been saturated, Mm -hmm. it's only got one choice. It sends that excess to the liver, and the liver converts that excess glucose into these things called triglycerides, which are a fatty substance that are very easily stored. You have to remember, this is hardwired into our DNA as well, because when we were kind of like evolving on the plains, we had times of feast or famine. So our body's yeah. very effective at storing stuff for a rainy day. When there's this those excess... Triglycer- are those triglycerins little pricks though? <laughs> well, no, because we can, we can actually um, like run... Can we them. use them? Oh, yeah, this, is, this is the thing. They're, they're, oh, it's another this is way where the problem is. Yeah, it, this is another way of storing that energy for a rainy day. It's like, look, glycogen's full, the cells are full, this needs to be dealt with, let's turn it into triglycerides, dump it in the fat tissue, and then as soon as this person stops eating, we'll just do what we're designed to do, tap into okay. those stores, and that will fuel us through those times of shortage. We don't but have the, times of shortage. I was going to say the problem is we're not stopping anymore because exactly. we're not running around in well yes. class chasing woolly mammoths. We're fucking exactly. just down at Sainsbury's, aren't we? Yes. Exactly. Like, think, think about this. So, so that could be regardless of the actual caloric value. Okay. Yeah. That could have nothing to do with the amount of calories that are there. How effectively we can tap into the stores and use what's been stored will have more bearing on calorie intake. But think about the physiological response to that food. So if that's what breakfast has done, and then things are just starting to come back and then you flood yourself with poor quality food at lunch and then flood yourself with poor quality food at dinner. And you do this day in, day in, day out. One, you're going to start putting on weight. But two, those triglycerides have to get to that fat tissue via the circulation. So that means your blood fats go up, <clears throat> which means that sends your cholesterol up, which increases your, your risk of cardiovascular disease and it can cause inflammatory damage in the cardiovascular system. And if that pattern of eating goes on, for months and years and there's constantly insulin being kicked out because there's so much glucose around after a while your insulin receptor will be like something's not right here there's no way that that we need this much insulin i think it's i think like insulin's maybe lost its mind the pancreas has freaked out i'm going to start ignoring it we move into a state which is called insulin resistance and that sets the stage for type 2 diabetes the point is, and that's not me demonizing carbs. I'm just, this is me basically saying that's one of the ways, one of the ways in which our modern diet has changed. And that change is the thing that's actually creating an environment that makes it easier for us to gain weight. And that's regardless of caloric value. If we start focusing on the quality of our food, so let's kind of deconstruct all of that. So let's let's take the breakfast. If we start having something like scrambled egg on a slice of multigrain toast, Mm-hmm. the multigrain toast the lower glycemic carbohydrates much more fiber in it everyone's talking about fiber and the microbiome and stuff at the minute getting more fiber in there plus the the presence of that protein in the breakfast from from the, the scrambled eggs or if you want it to go plant-based you could do scrambled tofu or you could yeah. do you know you could even have some beans in there whatever 
that fiber and that protein dramatically slows down the digestion of that meal which means that dramatically slows down the release of that glucose. There could be exactly the same amount of glucose present in that food, but because it's being drip-fed into the bloodstream, there's just this constant flow of glucose into the cells. Everything's happy. The cell can use it, can make energy out of it. There isn't an excess. It's not causing that dramatic hormonal response like the insulin spike. All of those things that are causing chaos that come from these refined processed foods isn't happening. And then lunch, you know, Sandwich is great. I like a sandwich, but swap your white bread for the multigrain. Make sure there's loads of protein in there. Heaven forbid, shove some vegetables in there. Do you know what I mean, up the fiber, up the micronutrient density. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We don't have to follow any ridiculous patterns of eating. We don't have to follow any weird restrictive diets that have the potential to do us some damage in the long term. What we need to do is go back to whole foods. And that is always my fundamental messaging. And that's what I teach people how to do is to get back to these basics. I give people the science. I help them to understand the science and understand why they need to make that change. But in practice, it's so bloody easy. Every single meal. I'm going to say, everything you're saying is like so simple and so it makes so much, it's just common sense. But actually, yeah. you know, in the morning, I do reach, well, no, I like a porridge in the morning if I'm honest. Yeah, great. But Very like, slow burning carbohydrate because it's yeah, a lot of fiber there. If it was like a, a bowl of like, you know, the, the, popped rice cereal you know you know what i'm saying then um no then, but i do sometimes go for crunchy nut cornflakes when i'm in a rush and you're gonna tell me they're shite aren't you you see <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey you no, know, they're, they're nice, but you know yeah you, you know what i'm saying and again this is this isn't about saying never eat those things it's about what are you doing most of the time yeah and yeah. how is how is the way that you're living influencing your physiology most of the time that doesn't mean that, like, I mean, we always have, like, sodic Sundays. Sodic Sundays, <laughs> it's just like, you know. Oh, I feel like we're more like, of a fuck it Friday kind of yeah, house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To hell with so it that, Tuesday. I'll be about and to go yeah, on and on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, do you know what I mean? You, you, you have to feed the soul as well. You have to kind yeah. of give, give yourself some enjoyment. But it's what you do most of the time. And if you can find ways to actually understand what good nutrition looks like and how bloody easy it is once you've got the tools and you've got the understanding, then it just makes everything so simple and you don't need to follow any of these crazy diets. Just every time you look at your plate, this is, the, this is one of the things that I teach people how to do. It's like, look at your plate, divide, first divide it in half, one half non-starchy veg. So your broccoli, your greens, your salad, then the other half, 
cut it in two again. Get, get a portion of slow-burning carbohydrates in there. So instead of white rice, brown rice. Instead of white pasta, brown pasta. Simple as that. And a good quality protein, whether that's meat and fish or whether that's tofu and tempeh. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you look at every meal like that. So at breakfast, that could be like using your example, blueberries, porridge, maybe a boiled egg, bang, done, easy. Like <clears throat> something like that. That's going to keep you going right through until like 12, one o'clock because, you know, that's just not like a, a little namby-pamby bowl of sugar. It's actually like good, dense, amazing whole food. It's really easy to put into practice. But importantly, the knock-on effects that that's going to have on long-term health in terms of how that because look at that example and, the, and that outline that I gave. It's like, yes, it can make you put on weight, but also these are the things that set the stage for cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes, things that are becoming a massive burden on our health system and that are really starting to afflict our population. So if you can make a simple choice and a few simple swaps at every single meal, that's going to dramatically reduce your risk of developing those kinds of diseases then it's a no-brainer, right? Proper no-brainer. Honestly, I feel like as you were talking there, and this is no disrespect to your, your chat, but I was thinking like, what am I going to have for lunch? How am I going to swap things out? How am I going to make it good? Like that, it, you've really you've really inspired us. I'm going to be really good now. <laughs> the thing now. is, I mean, like, it's, it's so easy. This is why I always say to people, like, give your favorites a facelift so that you can you can adhere to That's those good, good, solid, good, solid nutritional principles and not cut out your favorite. So pizza, I bloody love pizza. But when I mm. when I have pizza, I make it myself. Do you do, do you do deal? Do you do the, oh, I do the natural Greek yogurt and flour base. Do you do that no, one? All, all I do is go to the supermarket and, you know, you get the um, the bread packet mixes. Yeah, I think so. Or just add yeah. water and roll it out, or just add water yeah. and chuck it in your in your bread machine. Get one of those, but I get the multigrain version, so whole wheat with the seeds. Use that as the base, so it's not yeah. white flour. So it's a nice slow burning, high fiber carbohydrate. I roll it out a bit thinner than normally because you know you, you look at a lot of the takeaway pizzas and it's like eight inch thick cheese on toast, <laughs> and then you know I put passata and garlic and some spinach and red onion and goat's cheese and all that kind of stuff, and it, it's just like that wonderful pizza experience. A couple of little tweaks, the mm. way in which it basically interacts with my physiology the way in which it affects my body is dramatically different than some of these takeaway versions or some of these versions that are just a lump of white bread yeah and, and you is that is that you're giving your body the things it needs while also while also like satisfying all the cravings feel and having something nice and good without it just being when i eat one of them big like <clears throat> not to say i won't have a dominoes or whatever in the future i will but you know when i do have them and i have too much i just get in a bit of a carb coma yeah, exactly, exactly. Because what that is, that's your blood glucose going up really, 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 really high. You releasing all the insulin, and your body dealing with it in whatever way it can, and then it crashes back down again. But this is it. You know, you say you're giving your body what it needs, but you're giving your soul what it needs as well. That's, that's it. If you cut, if you cut out everything that that you enjoy and all of the culinary experiences that you enjoy, yeah, you might be physically healthy, but you're going to be bloody miserable, and that's not part of a healthy oh. lifestyle either. So no. if you, you can, don't if want you to can bring the two worlds together, you know, I mean, I even did a book on fakeaways, and on, you know, the show that I did on ITV, like Eat Shop Save, that was one of the things that we were doing with the families that we were working with. It's just like we we're not expecting you to to live on salads and crisp breads or any of that kind of shit. That's not what we're about. It's like let let's show you how to do all of the things that you love in a healthier way, and that's why they got the results. And you know, it's 
a key part of everything that I teach now, whether it's in my online programs or whatever. It's always like, look, let's get back to basics. Let's, let's not do these daft things that derail us. And right at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about how many people at this point of the year might have fallen off their their kind of New Year's resolutions. It's because it's not sustainable. Let's just get back to the things that we love, learn how to make those healthier so that we can make healthy choices in a way that suit us, in a way that works with our lifestyle, and then it's sustainable, and then it's easy, and then it's painless, and dare I say it, it's bloody enjoyable as well. <laughs> no, it does. It doesn't have to be hell to be healthy, Dale. Not at all. <laughs> if I thought it was, I'd be straight back down at Mackie D's faster than you could blink. <laughs> oh, I do love a big man. Right, okay. Before you can tell me off for that, um, I just want to say I selfishly have a question for you. And it was inspired by something that one of my lovely followers wrote in. Um, obviously I'm going through a little bit of a fertility journey of my own at the moment. Um, mm. and I've I've had a bit of a I suppose frustrating start um to freezing me eggs and stuff. I'm clearly my little ovaries are prone to having cysts on them. Okay. And try as try as I might, I've asked plenty doctors and stuff like for, have I got endometriosis, have I got this, have I got that? And they always say no, I'm fine. It's just some women are prone to them. Um, I don't <laughs> want to be disappointed next month when I go to freeze my eggs again um and find that there's the cyst has grown or the cyst is more or whatever, if I can avoid it. And I was wondering, if, I feel like you're the man to ask, if there's anything I can do in terms of me diet, eating to minimize that risk of disappointment. Is um are are both ovaries equally as affected as one another? Yeah. Right. Okay. I get I get some I get I get uh, cysts on either side. Mm-hmm. Well, it's predominantly the left. In terms of diet, I mean, this is this is something that's been very, very clearly established in the evidence. You'll find, you know, you even find information about this on the the British Dietetic Association website. So it's a very, very strong, very, very clear link between high glycemic diets. So everything that I just spoke about. Is that all sugar? Well, it doesn't have to be sugar. It could be like the white bread and the white rice and that kind of stuff. Basically, diets oh. diets that upset blood glucose and an increased expression of ovarian and androgens. And it's the androgens that actually start to affect the membrane wall that actually prevent the egg from releasing. Like the, the membrane won't, won't kind of separate and allow the egg to release. And when the egg doesn't release, that's when the cyst forms. So it's, it's, if you kind of go downstream a little bit, it's that excessive androgen that is the seed of all of this. But then one of the things that influences androgen expression, if you take other environmental factors out of the equation, such as, you know, kind of like xenoestrogens and all these kind of crazy things in our diet, which is just almost impossible to control anyway, from a purely dietary point of view, it's that excessive expression of insulin and excessive rise in blood glucose. And one of the most effective ways long-term to manage polycystic ovarian syndrome is with a low glycemic diet. This is being used, this has been used in an outpatient setting in British, US, Australian hospitals for the best part of 25 years now. So it's very, very well established. Just find someone that's a specialist in that kind of area and just follow, you know, if following the kind of food that I prepare all the time. Okay. That real basic stuff of always making sure there's good quality proteins, slow burning carbohydrates, non-starchy vegetables, high fiber, whole food, 
that's the way to go. But I've got to be really honest with you here. You're looking three to four full cycles to start to see differences because all of this stuff has got to go through its normal processes before it starts to change. Some people, you might be looking three to six months, two years, who knows? Every single person's different, but there will be a response. And that's the only thing that's really got any kind of evidence to it. Also, for a second, putting my medical herbalist hat on for for a minute, there is a herb. And I've got to say, if you're interested in this, go and find a medical herbalist that is registered with the NIMH, which is the National Institute of Medical Herbalists. That means they're a properly regulated and registered practitioner in the UK, and they have got access to this kind of stuff. So this is informational purposes. You're not going to be able to just go down to your health food store and get it. You've got to find a practitioner. But there is a herb called peony, peonia lactiflora. Is Sounds like a flower. It is. It's peony. It's white peony. And um, peony has got chemicals in it which have an activity in the body which is called an aromatase inhibitor. They stop an enzyme called aromatase, which is the enzyme that actually synthesizes androgens within the ovary. And within men, it can actually prevent um, prostate growth because aromatase converts testosterone into dihydrotestosterone in men which drives like prostate enlargement so it works on the the synthesis of those androgens and that can be very very effective with pcos as well but you will need to go and actually find a herbalist to get that and there's you know there's a lot of us out there especially like in the big cities um so there's a lot there's a lot that can be done but please don't expect any kind of instantaneous result because this stuff has to you have to go through several cycles for things to start to change and hormonal profiles to start to change. Okay. But that is really good to know. I definitely can um I can I can consume too much sugar and glucose and everything. So I'll just try and up my veg, my slow release it's energy carbs and all the rest. more fiber and more fiber and more protein. If that's your mantra, more fiber, more protein. So with all your carbs, swap the white for brown and just make sure there's protein there, whether it's chicken, fish, eggs, tofu, tempeh, whatever. Whatever tickles your pickle, just make sure that it's there. Oh my God. On that note, mate, here at Vicky Patterson, thank you for your advice. Um, here at Vicky Patterson, the secret too. We always ask our gorgeous guests to give our lovely listeners um, some pearls of wisdom. And even though we've been completely spoiled for choice today with your fantastically hefty pearls, um, I would like to be cheeky and ask for one more. So I would like to know what your secret is to sticking to your health goals. Well, three parts to it. And I guess this is this is kind of would be the perfect summary to everything that we have talked about. You know, the three key things. First, really figure out your why, why you're doing it, because that's the thing that's going to keep you doing it on the days where motivation has just completely gone down the toilet. So find your why and really understand it so you understand more about yourself as well. Two, start with where you're at. Okay, so when you've decided you want to change, as I said right at the beginning, if your if your current diet and lifestyle is beer and pizza, don't think like, right, from tomorrow I'm going to be a raw food yogi and that's going to be it because it ain't going to happen. No. Okay, start with where you're at. Oh. Start, with, yeah. start with one single thing that you are comfortable with changing. One single change, whether that is like, okay, I'm going to make sure that one of my meals a day is a home-cooked meal or I'm going to make sure that at least one of my meals – there's some freshly cooked veg there 
whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. It just needs to be something that you know that you can actually stick to and then start doing it and implementing it over and over and over again. Then the third thing, to make it easy, to make it enjoyable, give your favourites a facelift. There is no one saying you need to give up the things that you love. Just find ways to actually improve the stuff that you already enjoy. And this is going to be a breeze. So if you love pizza, amazing. Make one, but just, you know, use that example I said, use like a whole wheat base. If you love spag bowl, fantastic. Use brown pasta instead of white and chuck some lentils in with a ragu, whatever it is. So, you know, cottage pie. Last night I made a cottage pie with um, butternut squash and sweet potato mash instead of the white and then use pre lentils instead of beef. I, I eat meat, I eat fish, I eat everything, but it's just made a nice healthy version. Whatever. Just find ways. Firstly, find ways, get guidance on what, good healthy swaps and nutritional practices are and then put them in in place with the things that you already love and this is going to be a breeze it's only really a rigmarole when you're kind of forcing yourself to do something that you really don't want to do i haven't heard the word rigmarole in ages <laughs> it's quite a good one i mean it's not quite as good as quibble no i not yeah. and not as good as tickle your pickle that will stay tickle with me pickle. forever <laughs> Thank you so much for just being such a um, actually very relatable font of knowledge. I find people who are probably as well versed as you in this space sometimes confuses, but you present your information in a really um, easy to understand way. So thank you. I'm fucking racking my brains about what I can have for me dinner now. That's, quite- <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, because it was just going to be like leftovers. But now I'm like, no, it has to be vegetables as well. <laughs> exactly. Bit of everything. Bit of everything. Thank you so much for being such a lovely guest. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.